Wait, did you hear her? Pollock's Toy Museum is one of London's loveliest small museums, a creaking Dickensian warehouse of wooden floors, low ceilings, threadbare carpets, and steep winding stairs housed in two connected townhouses. Its small rooms house a large, haphazard collection of antique and vintage toys, tins and trains, figures of animals, plastic lead paint chipped, and faintly dangerous looking rocking horses, stuffed teddy bears from the early 20th century, even, purportedly, a 4,000-year-old mouse fashioned from Nile clay. And dolls. Dolls with sleepy eyes, with staring glass eyes. Dolls with porcelain faces, with true-to-life painted ragdoll faces, with mops of real hair atop their heads, with no hair at all. 150-year-old Victorian dolls, rare dolls with wax faces, Dolls with cheery countenances, dolls with stern expressions. Sweet dolls and vaguely sinister dolls. Skinny Dutch wooden dolls from the 19th century. Dolls in traditional Japanese or Chinese dress. One glassed-off nook of a room is crammed with porcelain-faced dolls in 19th century clothing, sitting in vintage model carriages and propped up in wrought iron bedsteads, as if in a miniature, overcrowded Victorian orphanage. Wow. So this is our Haunted Dolls episode. Thank you so much. That You're is so, so spooky. How did that make you feel? Spooked. I'm really Spooked, curious right. as to whether that's a listing or a piece of journalism. That's a piece of journalism. Okay. It's, yeah, it's a lot better written than the listing I was going to read you. And I thought <laughs> you were reading a listing and I was like, who the F? These listings are busted. <laughs> I know. We got some real poets on Etsy. So. For those of you at home, depending on what intro we've used, this is important for us to say we are doing a Haunted Doll episode. My name is Augusta. My name is Eva. Welcome to the Phenomena podcast. This is episode zero. I'm probably going to stay unreleased where we talk about ghosts and spooks and specters, haunted phenomenon occurrences, but we do it with kind of a an eye towards the culture, not just towards the veracity, like the truth claims of ghosts or non-ghosts. Would you say that's accurate? Absolutely. The goal here is not to prove whether or not ghosts exist. The goal is to look past that as sort of, you know, the straw man and instead really investigate what ghosts do and who are the people that interact with ghosts. And in this case, the people interacting with ghosts are mostly, I would say, weird women online. Yes, Ghosts as a social phenomena. I am really regretting choosing phenomena for the title of this podcast as it is on. Yeah, that. And also it's on the list of words that I can't say. We spent a lot of time (laughs) this morning trying to get me to pronounce correctly the device that's used um, to electrically restart the heart. And I won't even get, I won't even try right now, but yes. uh, A defibrillator. Yeah. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna expose myself like that. Defibrillator. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was both. gonna do it perfectly. <laughs> you were like, I'm. I'm winding up. I'm winding up. I'm teeing up on him. Yeah, spirits. Spirit experience is heavily gendered, and it also has a lot to do with age, the way that sort of spirits are regarded. And I would say, a hefty portion of people who interact with spirits and experience spirits are middle aged women yeah okay I noticed this as well so for the listeners at home we split up who was looking at what doll listings we did 
get in the paint on this so that you don't have to. And Eva was on eBay and I was on Etsy. What did you find on eBay in terms of haunted dolls? Okay, let me read you one. Esther was 25 years old when carbon monoxide poisoning took her life. Esther's doll vessel is around 16 inches tall. She is made of porcelain and cloth. Please note that Esther's hair is not completely attached to her head. It does not stay on. I have included photos showing this. I'm sure it could be reattached somehow. I just do not have the means to do it myself. She is perfectly fine without it being completely attached though. Please be prepared for paranormal activity. She's very active. She is a positive spirit of white light and would never bring any harm to anyone. She's safe to have around. Esther is a caring, kind-hearted soul. She considers herself to be a guardian, a protector. Esther will watch over you and keep you out of harm's way. She is excellent at keeping negative energy and entities far away from you. Esther communicates via spirit board, pendulum, EVP, spirit dice, and dream walking. She can guide you in astral projection if you are interested in doing so. She creates EMF fluctuation. I can take pictures showing this upon request. Esther reveals her presence with a bright yellow orb. It dances around her vessel in the night. We hear Esther whispering and humming. She has shared with me that she worked as a nurse when she was among the living. She loves everyone, but is especially fond of children and animals. She has a soft spot for the innocent, and they are so drawn to her. We have watched as Esther's eyes have moved, her facial expression shifting. She moves her vessel when we are asleep. Esther loves the sound of rain. She becomes more active if it's raining or if you play rain sounds for her. Esther fluctuates the temperature, interacts with electronics, flickers the lights, and taps on the walls. If you find yourself feeling drawn to Esther, she is reaching out to you. Esther has a very wide reach. Okay, so I'm so glad you chose that one because I think it covers many of the major beats that I wanted to talk about in this episode for Haunted Dolls. But for people listening at home, if you don't know what a Haunted Doll Mm -hmm. is, how did you hear about this podcast? But if you don't know what a Haunted Doll is... Basically, it's what Eva just described. They're like, kind of, I would say, usually they look really bad. Like the doll vessel that they call it itself looks extremely bad. I I rarely see one that looks nice, though I'm sure it exists. But usually they're like weird looking, spooky looking, freaky looking dolls that are said to inhabit, like have a spirit inhabiting them. I would say usually the spirit of a young like an underage Mm -hmm. girl, sometimes underage boys, very rarely adults, but it does happen. And they're like possessing the doll body. It can be positive or negative. And there's a huge trade of these dolls on specifically eBay, but also Etsy, people selling them directly to consumers. It's interesting that you specifically mentioned that the dolls don't look good because that was part of what I wanted to bring up with this listing. Because while I am not, an amazing researcher. I do know something about dolls and old dolls. So aside from the fact that the age of the doll obviously lends it a mysteriosity and time depth, which we can get into, um, the look of old dolls, I think is really important to them being haunted. And it's also important to resale value of dolls everywhere, haunted or not. Um, Because like with many things, the visual sophistication of the purchasing audience has improved so much over time and the manufacturing ability has improved so much over time that older dolls look really horrible to us. And one of the reasons is that they just aren't manufactured well, the older dolls. I mean, they might last a long time, but they often deteriorate really quickly, especially the um, facial features and the beauty standards and the way that dolls were intended to be seen and played with um, 
in the past is so different. It's changed so much. If you watch Barbie, for example, evolve over the years, she goes from being a housewife to a girlfriend to a career woman. And now she has all these um, diverse opportunities. Um, But for a long time, these feminine dolls were supposed to be babies. They're almost all baby dolls. That's what I was going to say. They look babyish. um, And then they have this strange... um, juxtaposition where the mold of their face is not the same as the paint that's on them because the manufacturing is not great so if you look at the haunted dolls i found two that are the same mold and paint which is interesting that this combination this manufacturer combination has become so hauntable or so haunted something about um the lips are like not painted quite right on the physical mold of the lips of the doll and as well as the eyes and another big thing you notice with haunted dolls and vintage dolls but especially in the haunted realm is that their eyes don't look forward Mm. because for a Mm -hmm. long long time dolls didn't make eye contact with you because they were supposed to be demure they were supposed to be subservient whether they're children or women um they were supposed to be playthings like malleable and it wasn't until maybe even the late 70s and the early 80s that dolls started to look you in the eye. So that's a very long explanation of dolls that don't look right. No, but I totally agree. You touched on a couple things that I feel like are really important to the haunted doll conception. One of those things is the way that the doll looks. Two is the changing nature of what dolls are over time. Three is the hauntability of a doll, so to speak. But I want to read a couple more listings as examples. Please. This doll is called Haunted Doll Dallas, seven inches. Okay. Dallas is a very sweet girl who is 16 years old. Her family killed her when trying to give her a at-home abortion, and she bleed to death. She is still very hurt because of what happened to her. Dallas does like to scare me sometimes at night. I have found her walking up and down the hallway like she is waiting for something or someone. She is trying to get my attention. Sometimes my dog will bark at her. One night, Dallas hide my glass on my nightstand. Dallas has manifests many times. She does like to watch TV and will turn it on when she wants to watch it, even though no one is in the living room with her. She also likes to listen to music, and she likes to take rides in my car. Dallas likes to rock in my rocking chair, and sometimes she will bring a spirit child with her. If questions, please ask, and I will get back as soon as I can. Wow. I'm going to read another. I want to bring up another thing about Me too, and I think think we're probably on the same thing. I think we're probably on the same thing, but I'm going to read a few more that I think... Or on this, or yeah. illuminate the same phenomenon. We'll see. If Which is that end. I'm pro-life. Obviously, is what I'm. Getting obviously, at. we're going to bring. Oh, this is also a Catholic <laughs> podcast. I don't know if anybody <laughs> caught on that yet. Meet Maryland. Meet Maryland. Haunted active doll. Maryland. Evil mean spirit must go ghost. Paranormal ask. It's the title of the listing. Maryland was raised by her aunt and uncle in a small farmhouse. Maryland's parents were killed in a weather incident in Kansas. Not, might I add, in Maryland. <laughs> There was an awful <laughs> Okay, go on, go on. There was an awful tornado. There was an awful tornado which came through and murdered her parents. The tornado murdered her parents. <laughs> Fuck. Yet they left Maryland in a safe soft in the cellar. Her aunt and uncle were her godparents and as soon as they got her, they stuffed her into their cellar. Maryland had a hard time with cellars. Every day Maryland stared at the small crack in the cellar and watched the sun go up and down, yet her life never changed. She stayed down there for a year before the police found her. Her aunt and uncle had overdosed and had been dead three days before the police located Maryland. Maryland died four years later when she went to visit that awful house. She fell down the stairs and broke her neck. Maryland has a negative energy attached to her. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) She wants nothing more than for someone else to go through what she went through. She wants them to suffer 
so they will understand her. Parentheses, or at least that's her logic. She shows herself by turning off the lights and locking the door, and be careful when on the stairs, she might push you. If you're ready for the challenge of this sadistic spirit, then she's all yours. Many blessings, love and light. The sign-offs, I just want to touch on really briefly. The s- I would love to discuss the sign-offs. So the sign-offs for the listings, I didn't read the one for um, Esther, which by the way, the title of Esther's listing is The Spirit of Esther Haunted Porcelain Doll Very Active. And I want to get into the listing titles at a later date, but uh, not date. Well, this brings into the point of like, what does it mean to combine ghosts with the digital? The way that Eva and I know each other is that we studied anthropology Mm -hmm. together at college and Eva did her dissertation on ghosts, which is, I think, part of the idea and inspiration behind this podcast. Um, I did mine on cats. We'll talk about that later. But I don't know if this has been your experience collecting ghost stories, but I feel like part of what's amazing about ghost stories is that it gives people a chance to talk about themselves from an outside perspective. Like you're able to get a perspective on yourself as like a positive or negative force in the world from the perspective of like an abused or injured creature. It's it's like animals in that way. Yes. Where you're like the way that you might have like a dog where you're like, I rescued it. Like I saved it. He was in the pound. Like he would have died in like Guatemala or like whatever fucking place people rescue them from. Sorry, we probably shouldn't swear. No, whatever you can. I already place swore. People usually rescue these puppers from. No, banned. <laughs> whatever place people like, you know, they're like, oh my God, I saved it. I saved it. I saved it. I feel like there's a similar... These dolls especially, yes, something terrible always happens to them. That's why I've been re- like, this is something I've noticed about these listings. I mean, and that's part of the creation of a ghost, right? Yes, is the violent death, the unanswered injustice, the right. Yes, it is totally a way of speaking about yourself in many ways, um, and it's a way of orienting yourself on a vast series of axes and spectra. Is that the plural of spectrum? I'm literally... I think you might be a genius. Uneducated. <laughs> oh, yeah, the violent death of ghosts and how speaking about it places you on these axes, on these spectra, on these continua of morality <laughs> and your position in the world as a force for good or bad. Exactly. So I think part one of the distinctions, there's a lot of dichotomies on here a lot of like you know the like a little classic duality classic anthro little good bad do don't and one of the ones that i've really noticed is positive or negative spirit yes a lot of these dolls have the the story behind them which by the way never explained how the story is transmitted in any of the listings that i read don't know if you had any experience understanding it no that is correct there is no explanation for why the doll and the spirit don't themselves match right um which is very unusual because in the world of haunted things in my professional research experience haunted things have associations they are in some way indexes specifically of the person that they are said Mm -hmm. to be the ghost of they are very rarely symbols or icons. Um, if we want to get into the nitty gritty semantics of that, I believe I'm using that correctly. They are actually a part of part and parcel of the person. So it's very strange to have a doll contain a spirit of someone and have no explanation for why this isn't a doll that lived in the house where the child died. It isn't a doll that the child owned. It has no relation 
like the listing we saw of a doll that was from the 1980s housing the spirit of a child from the 1690s. Right. I saw one that was a teen boy in a, in a, like a plushy bear. It wasn't even a human figure, which is weird to me. No, it's very strange. Even the haunted clown doll that I saw, which I was like, oh, perfect. It's a haunted clown doll. He's not a clown. He's just in a haunted clown doll. Right. He's just a boy named Randy. Right. In both those cases, the idea is that there's a spirit pretending to be something that it's mm-hmm. not, like taking up the form of innocence or childishness. Mm-hmm. In a way, by taking on negative spirit, like this listing where it was like, if you're ready for this sadistic spirit, then it's all yours. Like she wants you to suffer like she's suffered because she's an abused child. Mm-hmm. There is a sort of caretaking, like people refer to them as their spirit children. Mm-hmm. I can read you a listing about caretaking, but I also think, um, yeah, the juxtaposition of the the evil hiding in the cute for dolls, mm-hmm. um, which now we'd see as uncute, but at the time would have been cute, um, and the violent hiding in the inert is what gives haunted dolls the feeling of like the grotesque uh, as mm-hmm. they might say in like literature or whatever and they just look bad like they don't look like anybody did anything bad to them but it looks like time has really taken a toll on them and there's yeah. something analogous there mm-hmm. to this kind of spirituality and spirit practice and this idea that like ghosts are something that need to be thought of and taken care of and paid attention to like yes. all these things are kind of stuck in time The dolls are stuck in time and the spirits are stuck in time. One thing that perhaps is part of what makes these dolls uncanny is that there is, even in these stories, like Skylar died when her dad accidentally shot the gun thinking it was empty and he shot her in her chest. The The doctor at the hospital couldn't save her life. So like in that listing and a lot of the listings that we've read, like the one about Dallas who bled to death from her family giving her an abortion or Marilyn's aunt and uncle locking her in the basement in the cellar. A lot of these dolls, it seems like, have had something terrible done to them and have had a terrible action inflicted on them, something that is extremely out of step with what childhood is or is supposed to be. There's an extre- there's like a very dissonant quality there. Yes. And that's interesting because I'm now t- flagging another difference between eBay and Etsy in addition to the one that you pointed out earlier, which is that Almost all of the dolls I found on eBay were accidental deaths. They were early in childhood, but they weren't violent. The one I just talked about died of carbon monoxide poisoning. You can do that in your sleep. So that's interesting. I wonder, I mean, we'll get to sort of like the selling and the marketing, but that, would you like to hear a listing about care? And we can talk about care. I would love that. Okay. Yeah, I'll do it. This is... Haunted Doll Tabitha Paranormal Spirit Doll. Precious Tabitha. Helps with depression and helps make it easier for the body to fall asleep. Watching over dreams, recharging your energy as you sleep. Helping with headaches. Body pains, she is a healer first. Providing purifying healing and protective energies. Giving friendship. Looking for a mother to mother her and give her love. Keep her in your room near your bed as she likes to keep you company at night. Help form a shield against physical and emotional negativity. 
Being bad energy away, she likes to come into dreams, showing colors, lights. Keep going once you see these. Ask her to show herself. She likes to sometimes make you sleep in maybe missing or oversleeping. She can cause restless nights if she doesn't get out of the house sometimes. She enjoys sitting outside and going places. This is just one of my sweetest girls. She is six years old and passed away a sudden death when she took a fall down some stairs outside of her home. She fell and landed on her neck. Her death was fast, and for her only being here for a short time, she is very smart and wise. A very curious little girl likes to watch over and observe you when you do something. She has communicated to me that her best memory in life was playing with her doll named Beth. She Mm -hmm. loves to be near other dolls. I do take her on car trips. She loves going for car rides and loves having a view out the window. She is so quiet and just took it all in while in the car. I felt so much peace while with her there. It's amazing. So this would be wonderful if you can get her out sometimes or even push her in a stroller going for a walk. I want her to be happy. I even put on cartoons for her a lot. She is laid back and loves to be with her keeper. She helps aid in depression and sometimes to grab your attention, you may feel your neck hurt. Don't be scared. She's just trying to grab your attention and let you know she's there with you. Energy healer sending protection attracts prosperity and happiness, helps aid in depression, attracting energy, keeping nightmares away, companionship, loving friendship, staying beside you at all times, providing purifying healing and protective energies against psychic attack to help provide comfort and calm during times of grief and sadness, sending nothing but pure love and guidance while giving you the beautiful feeling of never being alone. Common activity involves shadow apparitions, dream apparitions, pendulum communication, knocks and things falling, sounds of someone walking in the home. If you feel a connection with her or keep coming back to this listing or find yourself randomly thinking about her, she is reaching out to you. She's calling for you to be her keeper. All of my vessels have a way of to reach out to their forever keeper. You will know it. Open your energy and prepare to work along with your vessel. Blessed be love and light. And then a giant uh, outro about how she's a paranormal investigator. Okay, so exactly. That's exactly it. Yes. I think this brings us to two really important points. One, the caretaking. And two, the marketing. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. I'm going to read one that I think is much shorter, but it's it's very much (laughs) aligned with what you are thinking. Please. This is a review of a doll. I so this is not live by the for seller. the reviews. Okay. Wonderfully fast shipping and my first spirit child. Quotation marks around child. Mm-hmm. Not around spirit. I have a decent sized spirit family, but they are all women. So Chris is my first spirit boy. Smiley face. I have already spoken with them via dowsing rods and the other spirits have been talking about them too. Gave me a little info about them both before they got here. So it's for two. It's for a a little girl and a little boy. We are so happy to have them. And I want you to know that if they choose it, this is their forever home. I talk to my spirits every day, several times a day. And I consult with a few special ones about everything. As do my children who are learning about spirits as well and are absolutely happy to welcome spirit children into our home. Thank you for my two new little blessings. Smiley face. So forever home is the same language they use when adopting pets. Do you have any knowledge if that's the language that's used when adopting human children? It's not the language that's used when adopting human children. I do not think that you would ever say that a child is finding their forever home because children eventually become independent and move out. So it wouldn't make any sense. 
I was going to say the West Coast would be the place it would be called that. So I just wanted to know if they called them forever homes on the West Coast. No, they call them Zen retreat and spa relaxation 10 days. I'm getting a look for the listeners at home. I'm getting a look. And you banned. Banned, 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 banned. Banned, 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 banned. Um, quick saving okay yeah, yeah so it's um, interesting that forever home they call them spirit children but they use the language of pets which people also call their pets children and members of their family i love my cat i'm not being a bitch but that's interesting i mean it's just different they say that they're adopting a person they talk explicitly about the human spirit of the person because these are not animal spirits in dolls they're human spirits but they're using the language of animal adoption but i mean what's interesting about it is what i think it shares with animal adoption especially like the 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 neediest animals that get adopted like the needier an Mm -hmm. animal is the Mm -hmm. more special an animal the more special care an animal requires the higher proportion of bond the person adopting it often has with the animal i find like emotional bond like they that is the way they speak about animals who need a lot is that they are finding their home right there's a very mutual relationship yes. to it there's a codependence like a co a co-constitutive need mm-hmm. and i think that what's interesting about these dolls and the idea like there's so much that gets unsaid in these listings right mm-hmm. so like because if you follow them to the natural conclusion if a tormented child is in this doll isn't your obligation to that child to release them from this torment like but that's never talked about there's no there's no sense that well not in any of the listings that i saw I have seen a conflict in the haunted dolls sales culture about whether you find forever homes for the dolls or whether you help them to pass on. And I don't think it's highly contentious, but I think the understanding is that some people are able to do it and some people are not. And that um, mistreating the doll or improperly attempting to send it onwards is a thousand times worse than housing the doll. That's so interesting because to me that seems like the perfect marketing thing is like it seems like the marketing thing to me if you wanted to create an infinite supply of dolls, an infinite market for the dolls. I mean, it's what they said when I worked in the restaurant. They were like, every person that comes in, you need to make a regular. Your job is to make regulars. And to me, it seems like the way to make regulars out of these people would be to make them think that they can help these dolls leave their spirit vessels and they need more. But I don't think that marketing actually appeals to people, which is why, I mean, these people collect, why would they ever get rid of anything they collect? They have a spirit family that they are adding to because they're doll collectors and they are codependent. They are hoarders of codependent need for themselves. They are placing themselves on the axis of goodness. This sounds super cynical and mean, and I really don't mean it to come out that way. I don't mean it to be nasty or negative, but they are collecting objects that need emotional attention from them deliberately. Right. Because they... Because something... They want to give care. Yeah, because they want to give care. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it varies person to person. I'm sure that there are very far dark ends of that extreme and there are very far sweet ends of that extreme. I mean, it's the same with animals, right? Like, you know, I mean, I know, we talked about extensively, like I know cat people, I would say you are the far good end of that extreme where you adopted Mm -hmm. a feral cat and that cat loves you and you guys love each other and have a perfect relationship and your cat is extremely perfect. Then there's the far dark end of that where like 
there's there's actually a void in you that cannot be filled by these objects or by these animals because the truth is animals can communicate need to you but they can never express Mm -hmm. gratitude in the way that's going to fulfill you the way that a human can how much do these dolls list for so I caught one that was $250 at the high end. And then I also caught one on the low end for $22. The spirit of Esther haunted porcelain doll, very average, uh, very active. Very <laughs> average. Very average. Sold, She's a five. Um, sold for $22. Paranormal Randy laughing clown doll, creepy giggles. Um, possessed haunted. Sorry, the preview didn't load all the way. He's $249.99. And, uh... I also found one that was more negative, another negative one, which is Haunted Doll Eleanor, Demon Summoning Spirit, Black Magic Sorceress Intense, that retailed for $189.99. And those were the higher ends, but most of them seemed to be like 60 to 80 bucks. Dude, Etsy is fucking budget. This shit is $15 to $30. Oh, wow. Extremely budget. So that's very different. Right. So I think the marketing ties into the caretaking too, because like we said, these people are buying things that they take care of. What reminded me about buying things you take care of in the Tabitha listing was how ardently the seller asserts that if you want it, you should buy it. Like they encourage that impulsive buy, even though they tell you it's not impulsive. They tell you that it's spirit contact, which maybe it is. Again, I'm not here to prove or disprove it. So it's spirit contact according to the seller, but other marketers in non-spiritual milieu of sales would call that encouraging the impulse buy. Mm -hmm. It's also interesting because I think that you're trying to build expectation that there will be contact between you and all. Yes. Contact being what they call the moment of recognition that there is a spirit within the doll, some kind of proof or paranormal experience orbs or moving or laughter or music or running around at night or pushing down the stairs or whatever it may be. And I think by building the expectation that the doll is reaching out and choosing you, you do two things. You encourage the spirit by, and you encourage them to understand that there is a spirit inside once it arrives. Right. You want to feel chosen, right? That's the whole idea of like the forever home and the connection. Yeah, it's like people are like, oh, I didn't choose the cat. The cat chose me, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like I like to say that he rescued me. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, and I feel like that is a lot of what you see in here. Another thing in the marketing that I found interesting that I think builds on that is the idea that the dolls will help you with your spiritual power. I don't know if you saw any of these listings. Yes, I do see a lot of these. Uh, um, I think Esther said that she will assist you in astral projection if that's something you're interested in doing. And I do see a lot of verbiage of helps, assists, allows, things like that, where it's like, I saw a review of a haunted doll that was like, she lets me see orbs, um, things like that. Mm-hmm. I found a lot of that. If you just stick with love and light, then many of your dreams may come true. That comes from haunted Spirit Vessel Doll Active Spelled by Shaman Powerful Special Vintage A3. Mm -hmm. Put her in the light on a window during the day so she can recharge. You will see apparitions and have visions often with her near. She is wonderful to help with your other spirit vessels in your home. She will help them become more active. I feel like I'm not even capable of discussing the concept of like the uh, the interactions of the spirits in the home 
but I'm so fascinated by it. I think it's outside of the scope. I think it's beyond I think the scope so too. Of, of so maybe another time we'll talk about spirit collecting and owning many haunted objects in your house and how those interact. In terms of the marketing, like I think especially if you're selling a higher end doll, the more story you have, the more people are bought into the idea that this is an individual that they are purchasing. Yes. And that ties into, again, marketing outside of the spiritual realm, these moments where how is the marketing of spirits different and not different from other marketing, which is that other marketing, and especially with dolls, absolutely tells a story. It paints a picture. It paints a narrative of the kind of person you'll be when you buy this. And that's no different in the spirit world. I agree. It's interesting because I'm now thinking about the con. Like, we started the episode talking about what a doll is. Like, you said a doll can be usually a doll is an index, right? Like, usually a spiritual or haunted object is an index. It's actually a piece of something. Like, you may have a haunted, um, for those not familiar with anthropology, like, you may have a haunted piece of. Like you may find, okay, so like you find an amulet in a burned down home. That's like a classic fantasy yes. trope. And that's an index of like, it's like a burned down castle, right? That's an index of the home because that was present for the site yes. of the injury. Like that was there when it burned. It contains and that power. It survived. Yes. It represents it. That's an index. Whereas like a symbol is something that doesn't, is not piece or part of something, but is connected to it, represents it from mm-hmm. a distance. So like, that makes sense. But I think that, the, what is it that a doll symbolizes, right? So, like, obviously there's the spirit that's symbolized within the doll, but why are these taking positions of dolls? Like, mm-hmm. yes, there's the aspect of it that they look like people. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously the Uncanny Valley being when you create something that looks like a human being, it's not a direct relationship. It's not, like, the more it looks like a person, the more we like it. That's the case with, like, I would say, like, I had this experience as a child with a glass eye. I saw someone with a glass eye that would like roll around in his head and it freaked me out because it looked like a real eye, but all mm. messed up and weird. Too close. And that is the case with dolls for a lot of people yes, is that close. they fall into this yeah. uncanny spectrum where they produce both a sense of familiarity and a sense of horror at the like separation between us and them. So that's one way that I think they're a representative. But what I'm thinking about now, when we talk about people adopting dolls to care for them is that it's like a form of adult play. Yes. And that's one of the ways that I like to push back on sort of the narrative that I myself presented earlier of like the depravity of needing to care for someone or the somehow like perverted nature that we perceive people who need to care for other people have. And yes, of course, I am not a psychologist, but I or a psychiatrist, but of course, we can all say that we know people who need to care for others maybe a little too much or in a way that's detrimental to it. But that, what you're pointing out here is such a good anthropological and non-cynical way to look at things in the way that we're looking at ghosts, not to say yes or no, they do or don't exist. It's just such a more inviting reading of the situation. It is so much more productive intellectually, socially, emotionally to understand these forms of adult play rather than to malign them as somehow perversions of childliness, childlikeness, child childishness. Woo, that took me a while to get to. And that is one of 10,000 reasons why I hate Freud. But that's for another episode. That's really funny. Well, I was actually going to read a quote from his essay, The Uncanny. Please. That's okay. Please do. 
we don't have to get directly into our feelings about Freud. We will get into Freud and the supernatural at some point in the show, but not this episode. Yeah. But the uncanny is obviously something that we're going to be talking about a lot in this show, and we'll probably read this essay many, many times and talk mm-hmm. about it many, many times. It's a very important essay for psychoanalytic concept, but also for aesthetics. This is one of Freud's essay that's essays that is the most deployed in non-psychoanalytic or like, you know, uh, intellectual. It's an aesthetic essay, mm-hmm. essentially. The uncanny, he describes as an aesthetic phenomenon. Mm-hmm. So he says, it is only rarely that a psychoanalyst feels impelled to investigate the subject of aesthetics, even when aesthetics is understood to mean not merely the theory of beauty, but the theory of the, theory of the qualities of feeling. And I think that's mm. what we mean by what I mean by aesthetics in this case yeah. is that the the uncanniness of a doll is not just whether it looks human or not look like doesn't look human, and the uncanny valley is not just that it looks or doesn't look human, but that it produces a feeling yes not of beauty or ugliness, but a feeling of you know something beyond that, which is I think what the uncanny is supposed to be. Yeah, something so shared says, that is human and also isn't human. Exactly. And it's not just, does it look good or not look good? Which is why these dolls can be so messed up looking. And why the partially. dolls, like uh, the spirit of Esther haunted da 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 said that she was totally okay with having her hair coming off. The subject of the uncanny is a province of this kind. It undoubtedly belongs to all that is terrible, to all that arouses dread and creeping horror. It is equally certain, too, that the word is not always used in a clearly definable sense, so that it tends to coincide with whatever excites dread. Yet we may expect that it implies some intrinsic qualities, which justifies the use of a special name. One is curious to know what this particular quality is, which allows us to distinguish as uncanny certain things within the bounds of what is fearful. So obviously that's like in the introduction, he's getting into like what uncanny is going to be. But I think that a lot of the Mm -hmm. time when we point to something as uncanny, we're not just saying it's scary, but it's also familiar. Yes, yes. And I think that is part of what is so, like, why adult play is not an entirely comprehensive understanding Mm -hmm. of what is happening here. Because there is something scary about the idea that people believe that buying a doll on eBay brings a new child into their home. Mm -hmm. If you take that literally, that's incredibly dark. Okay. So to to not prove or disprove, but instead to say, I take you exactly at your word, no more, no less. Mm-hmm. So you are going on eBay. You are buying the spirit of an abused child. Mm, and you okay. are keeping them in your home. Now I'm seeing, now I'm seeing more what you're saying, which isn't to say we're in opposition, just to say that I feel pretty strongly about not underestimating adult play. Right. But now that you've reminded me that the children are abused and died violently or died early or that they're very miss something about them is missing a lot more than just the amount of care that is required for a normal quote unquote child. I think what I'm saying is that it can be adult play and still be uncanny. Yes, totally. That that it can be a form of like And it can still what be what we might call <laughs> It can still be creepy. It is still creepy. I'm totally seeing it. Yes. That it can be a form of understandable social, like, you know, we all have fantasy, right? And we all want to perceive ourselves. Well, most people, I think, want to perceive ourselves as good people. Mm -hmm. And we all want to feel needed and wanted. And we all want a safe place to enact those fantasies, even when we don't have a comfortable place for that in our real lives. Mm -hmm. Not that play isn't real, but that in our non-play kind of serious adult lives. Absolutely. That impulse I don't think is dangerous or scary. 
But there is something really uncanny and weird about being like, okay, I'm going to take possession of an abused child who can barely communicate with me. So if we take seriously, that's what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Regardless of the truth value of that, Mm -hmm. that's a layered and complicated thing to do. Absolutely. It is just fabulously and fascinatingly layered. And I think that's a moment where an anthropologist who has more time than I have, (laughs) that's the moment where an anthropologist who has more time than I have would really dig into the demographics of the middle-aged woman buying these and what that says about the moment and the cultural, social position of the middle-aged woman. But I don't have enough time to get into that. But that's sort of a a, a food for thought moment for, I for the young anthropologists out there. What childhood actually is is not is beyond the scope of this, but I think that it's pretty safe to say that for these abu- this abused child narrative to have so much power over these older people, mm-hmm. you have to think of childhood as a protected time in which the dangers of adult life should not interfere. And when they do, that causes some kind of extra, extra human ripple effect, right? Like that is so bad that it tears you from your body and doesn't allow you to go to an afterlife, which I think Mm -hmm. we'll talk about this eventually, but I think you kind of have to assume the afterlife exists to understand ghosts. And you've just now hit the mother load of the supernatural, which is that it absolutely could not be human because it is so disturbing and so it must be supernatural because how could the world we live in naturally include these travesties that you hear all the time in conversations of the supernatural because it must be supernatural i mean it's not the only thing that's true about the supernatural but it is a massively productive source of uh consideration And I think it's something we'll return to over and over again in this show. Mm -hmm. I wrote sort of a basic haunting structure, and I don't know if you'll agree or disagree with this, because I know that you have more experience collecting these stories. So this is meant to be more pop culture than individual Mm -hmm. stories. This is more like what sells online than what people Mm -hmm. talk about to each other. Those things can't Mm -hmm. be the same, but I don't think they are. So first, the doll is received in an innocuous or friendly circumstance. A lot of the time it's given as a gift but nothing appears to be wrong with it. It's just a normal doll. Mm -hmm. The owner of the doll notices something. The doll moves when it hasn't been moved. Things in the house are moving around. TV's on, lights flicker, orbs. But usually it's more subtle than that. Things that could be and are attributed to something other than the doll. And the person in the home does not attribute that to the doll. Why would they Mm -hmm. think it was the doll? If the window's open, they think someone's been trying to break in. Then there's an incident. There's an incident in which the doll does something that the audience understands as the doll announcing its intent, but the possessor of the doll, the protagonist, does not understand. To them, it's just a strange thing that happened. Things begin to escalate in a negative way. Things get worse and scarier. Usually at this point, contact is made. Either they go to a medium and a spirit channels them, a note is left, a psychic is brought in, someone notices a lot of the times there'll be a couple and one person will notice and one person won't and there's a disagreement about truth and the person who notices is a woman oh yeah and then there's an attempt at removal Mm -hmm. they will try and extract it from their life because they still believe it to be a physical object yes but in fact it is a spiritual object Mm -hmm. it is to your point a negative or positive demon Mm -hmm. it is either 
dangerous or it is in these stories they're dangerous because this is haunting but you could do the inverse of that for a positive spirit Mm -hmm. an angel it is something that is in your life to cause an effect on you so there's this removal and then the doll returns and this is how the audience and the protagonist understand that the doll is has intent yes it's more than just an object this is when the protagonist understands what the audience understood the entire time which is the doll has a negative intent towards them. Then there is uh, some kind of, you know, there's panic. There's full understanding in which the protagonist understands that something terrible has happened. And there is a full attempt at removal. There's an exorcism a lot Mm -hmm. of the times, or there's burning, but some kind of spiritual, non-physical entity is brought in to deal with Mm -hmm. the doll. But because they're no longer dealing with the doll, they're dealing with the spirit inside. And based on what kind of story it is, it'll have a negative or positive endings. You've pointed out the important distinctions and overlaps of a spiritual object and a physical object. You've described the spiritual intervention for a spiritual destruction of the spiritual object. And in my experience is that this is then accompanied with a physical destruction as well. Is this always true? No, both is good, but I think the important thing is that because the recognition is that the object contains within it something larger that has malevolent intent towards the person, spiritual destruction is necessary, physical destruction is extra. Physical destruction is important for visual mediums. So maybe that's what it is. I also think it's satisfying. I think a lot of the times dolls, again, because dolls look like people were able to transpose that eeriness onto them, there is a satisfaction Mm -hmm. in getting rid of that eerie object. But I think the underlying thematic point for these stories is that when you destroy the doll itself, you don't destroy the evil spirit inside it. And in fact, sometimes there is the idea that the spirit escapes. There's a whole TikTok scare recently that Annabelle, the doll Annabelle, the movie Annabelle's based on, escaped from her glass. And supposedly she's like out there trying to get people. I think for the dolls that people are buying online, it's much, much more of the listings were positive than negative, I found. Mm-hmm, very mm-hmm, few of them mm-hmm, were malicious mm-hmm. or malevolent and the ones that were were framed as abused children acting out because yes. you never want to invoke a demon yes because you never want to bring haunting upon yourself so that's something we're also going to have to keep talking about which is the difference between a ghost a spirit and a demon mm-hmm. because a ghost and a demon while they function in similar ways in many contexts When you talk to an American person and you say demon, that is very different than saying ghost. That has a lot heavier, more violent, more uh, powerful, um, like an omniscient. Like there's there's something else there that is very distinct and very important to note. And I found a haunted doll listing where a doll is controlled by a spirit who summons demon entities to do work for her. Right. And I also found that the one, it was much more positive than negative in general. And this was one of the few negative ones I really did find because even when you find ones that would appear by the title to be negative, when you open it, that's a clickbait title. (laughs) And the description of the doll is very sympathetic and kind and that the doll is overall positive unless you mistreat the doll, which obviously the underlying, the thing that goes unsaid many times is that you can provoke a good 
spirit into behaving badly. Right. Well, I think that to your point about the difference between ghosts and demons and to my kind of rambling thing that I was saying about there being this um, incredibly Christian underlayer to a lot of this theology and structure is that the idea of having a bunch of spirit children is interesting because then if you take seriously the possible negative side effect of bringing a potentially dangerous doll into your home, people talk about, I've consulted, I read a review earlier, I've used a dowsing rod to consult my other children and they think it's okay. Yeah, of course. Because if you really do care for these dolls, you would never bring them a violent, I almost said a coworker, compatriot. Exactly. You'd never want them to have a sibling who was dangerous, but also if they're your entry, your entree, your on your entree, if they're your appetizer into the spirit realm, mm-hmm. they're going to be able to tell you if this is secretly a demon. It's interesting. Again, we have layers of refraction and change of meaning where we've a demon pretending to be a ghost, pretending to be a doll. Attention, please, if you use a spirit board or spirit box, please protect yourself, say a prayer before and after. One of my spirit dolls that just sold a few months ago, the new keeper did not do this and opened his home to a demon and is now seeking my help. Exactly. So it's not just a disclosure that nothing might happen. It's also that something terrible might happen. Yes. I'm going to read you a comment. Why in almost all of these horror movies involving supernatural beings, ghosts, demons, etc., all these holy church stuff like holy water bread crucifixes and bible verses tend to have little to no effect if demons exist so does god according to that logic true people of faith should be able to wipe the floor with those supernatural scumbags which is obviously like a young atheist trying to own the libs but like (laughs) no but (laughs) i mean it's that's the thing is like that shows the complexity of the relationship that americans have with ghosts and demons and with what they understand to be the Christian. I mean, it is very American in that way because it's like, you're on your own. Like God exists and demons exist and you're on your own with it. Yeah. Like God loves you. Demons exist and that doesn't mean God exists, which is kind of how I feel. Not Right. I mean, (laughs) right. But I mean, like, I think that's common. Like there are supernatural forces out there that might be evil and like, nobody's going to protect you from that. Yes. You can invite that into your home of your own volition but you have to solve that problem yourself too. Yes. You have to solve that problem on the interpersonal level. You have to get a medium. You have to get an exorcist and that exorcist, it may or may not work. You have to hire help. Yeah. Human help. Yeah. That's the American way. That's the American way, baby. My name's Augusta. My name's Eva. This was the first episode. Oh, fuck. Of the Phenomena Podcast. Phenomena Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. And you know, we're going to try to crank out some more because I don't care if you liked it or not. I'm just going to keep making them. We'll get a spooky sign off eventually. Yeah, we will. (laughs) What about stay thirsty, my friends? You think everything about that?